Yo, 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 and you are back with your girl Susie P. Life in the mix, keeping you in the mix about everything, just everything, day-to-day things, you know, just keeping you tuned and keeping you in the mix. So today, on this episode, we're just going to be talking about random topics, you know, I'm still trying to get my feel and learn my footing with this whole podcasting and not having co-hosts like I'm used to having so you know just bear with me until I find my flow I find my my niche you know what I mean so today topic number one Greta Thunberg celebrates her 18th birthday with a snarky tweet Gary Martison, lead singer of Gary and the Pacemakers, dies at 78. Tom Hanks stuns audience with new look. Mike Pence in a weird spot, like always. <laughs> Otherwise, normal house for sale hides nightmare surprise an entire abandoned jail. Could you guys imagine, like, you're going to buy a house and all of a sudden you're like touring around or walking around and it's like a whole freaking jail cell under there honestly the only thing that would like freak me out is probably the fact that like not knowing like the people die in here like you know is it haunted but most importantly do i get a discount (laughs) so the fact that it was hidden and not told about let you know that you know might be a little something something to that property also she's back SNL alum returns with hilarious impression Oh, Oh, Sherry O'Terry. That's who the new SNL personality is that came back. Also, CNN's New Year's Eve Live co-host Anderson Cooper and Andy Cohen ring in 2021 from Times Square with Saturday Night Live. And that's where... um, alum Sherry O'Terry made her returning debut I I didn't see that part I did watch the Times Square ball drop for New Year's Eve but I kind of like was going in and out because it just wasn't what you know I like am used to it being given the whole pandemic and stuff um I did find it weird that they did have, like, few people inside the, uh, it was, like, this little sections they had for, um, what am I trying to say? It was, like, these little sections they had at the ball drop, like, normally where people 
it's like filled with mass streets filled with a bunch of people in New York Times Square but I guess you can tell like they were trying to do like six feet distancing type of thing so it was only like a few people in each little pod and they had like J-Lo and uh, Nelly and Megan Thee Stallion but I feel that a lot of people put that on their bucket list, watching the ball drop or bringing New Year's in at New York. It's just the atmosphere that is normally surrounding New York during that time and the people and, you know, just the whole vibe. You know what I mean? So I understand that they had to have like some bodies there, you know, to, you know, help the artists and help the people that were there, you know kind of do their thing and you know not make it so bland so dead you know what I mean Kelly Osbourne I really love her and her family um they were there well she was there you know she talked a little bit and hosted a little bit but other than that it wasn't like the typical ball drop like honestly I was so over this new year so it wasn't like the typical thing um, a pro surfer rescues a woman struggling in rough water on Hawaii's North Shore. Mm. High school cheerleader suspended for explicit Snapchat speaks out. I, I don't get that part. Like, first of all, students are virtually in school right now. No students are actually going well let me change that some schools are doing face-to-face like high schools um elementary schools I know colleges are definitely not risking the whole face-to-face thing so majority of colleges and universities are have been online and zoom since last year March but I do know that some like high schools and things like that um they have like these little weird setups in the classrooms, you know, to try to help with social distancing. But I don't understand how, if it's not racist, if it's not threatening anyone's life, if it's not, um, yeah, you know, terracy, you know, all that, then I don't really understand how you can like be punished, you know, stop a teen from making varsity and punishing them for basically their free their free speech on their social media platform you know what I mean like I feel like a lot of these things are beginning to um I just feel like they're beginning to like just get a little out of control and it's like the government is trying to it's like a control thing and you know sometimes enough is enough and you know if they want to speak out about 
if she wanted so basically let me just break it down she was frustrated about not advancing in cheerleading was unhappy with her position on a private softball team and she took photos of herself and her friends with their middle fingers raised and posted it to her snap so i mean like who cares you know what i'm saying like who cares like why was she suspended or why was it taken to that extreme for something that she posted on her personal snapchat and posted her personal opinion you know what i mean on her position on a softball team her position on a cheerleading team if she didn't that's like a lot of you know I used to play soccer um and a lot of football players I used to run track as well and I'm training jazz hip-hop and ballet so if I go on my snapchat my instagram my facebook and let's say you know i tried let's say it's soccer and i tried out for the soccer team and i i played center forward so let's say that i went out for center forward and which i actually got the position but let's say it was the other way around and i didn't get the position i'm gonna be pissed and yeah if I was a teenager growing up in this generation where, you know, social media is everything, they go to social media for everything, then hell yeah, I would definitely voice my opinion. I would definitely be, you know, saying how, if that's just how I chose to handle it, you know what I'm saying? I'm not, I didn't grow up in this era you know of social media craze and the snappy chat as far as you know being a teenager and things like that so I can't say per se how I would execute it because I didn't grow up in this you know we had sidekicks beepers you know uh what was it uh boost mobile like uh, it was like walkie-talkie type thing on the phone. You know what I'm saying? Like, aim. You know, we had uh, different type of stuff. We had party line. Do you know? I had different type of things. I grew up in the '90s. I'm 32 years old. So, our social media. We had MySpace. You know, shit like that. So, like my internet days or our techie stuff was not as important not as not as relevant as it is now for millennials you know what I mean Uh, we really use that stuff to communicate I think MySpace was like the first thing like okay but we still weren't like freaking out about it you know what I'm saying you didn't have people recording their every living moment or rushing to the internet for every little thing you didn't have like Snapchat Instagram and um didn't have Facebook because MySpace came first then it was Facebook so Facebook wasn't even all that at that point you know what I'm saying so back then I could have definitely voiced my opinion without worrying about scrutiny or being suspended stuff like that the only way you got suspended is if it was like threatening if it was racist if it was um at terroristy you know if it could possibly cause 
issues at the school if they could you know bring somebody in harm things like that you know what i'm saying you you know death threats you know or threat to another student or you know it's just not because i'm throwing a tantrum about not being placed on the team that i wanted to be placed on or because me and my friends chose to get together and take a picture throwing up the middle finger like that's that's a that's a that's a bit much you know what I mean it's definitely a bit much for I think the school to do you know what I mean um so yeah that's a that's a pretty interesting uh headline and topic I just think that what I've noticed is for the past I want to say five to ten years, society in general, um, our government has just gotten really, really sensitive. You know, comedians cannot really be comedians and joke. Like I grew up with Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy's and Martin Lawrence's and Steve Harvey's and um, rest in peace, Bernie Mac's and. Um, the old day Chappelle. <laughs> uh, I grew up with Deaf Comedy Jam, you know. Um, just just to name a few, like I I grew up with you know Red Fox, you know uh, Cheryl Underwood, just like you know Monique when she was a comedian, you know, just these what now would be considered vulgar, you know, the type of comedy they did. Eddie Griffin, you know, uh, Cat Williams, just like the type of comedy they did originally would be considered graphic or vulgar now. But, you know, back then it was real comedy. It was raw comedy, you know. Um, Now I feel like, like even with SNL, I feel like SNL is probably, oh, In Living Color, I forgot about In Living Color, which put a lot of people on, like Jim Carrey, things, uh, J-Lo, um, but I feel like SNL is the only comedian type of platform where I want to say they give a crap, but they don't give a crap. You know what I mean? It's like that thin line, but they're still giving you like raw comedy. You know, they're still um, not really restricting on their comedy. Now, because SNL has been around for so long, um, because it is predominantly not to be raised or anything white, um and white owned maybe you know they're able to get away with a little bit i know at one point they were trying to censor snl but snl was just like no this is our job this is what we're here to do this is what our fans you know want and watch for so you know they're like the last ones that are just like truthful and upfront you know Dave Chappelle's last couple of shows his Netflix things and stuff like that I mean he was raw and 
was truthful, you know, but it just wasn't the Dave Chappelle I was used to before, you know, he disappeared. You know what I'm saying? And I understand he went through like a whole transition and things like that. But I don't know. To me, it was just like different. You know, he still spoke some truth and stuff, but it was more like kind of like um, uncomfortably awkward type of things, like stuff he talked about and stuff vice versa like just how he just naturally used to flow prior to his disappearance um when he had the Dave Chappelle show but a lot of times you see that actors actresses comedians um public figures um a cheerleader, high school cheerleader, like I just read about, you know, just like society has become sensitive so much and they need to be desensitized because it's just like, you can't have an opinion. You know, if you have an opinion and it goes against what people feel or believe, you know, you have to be, you have to worry about backlash or ridicule or, you know, maybe you might lose your job. You know what I'm saying? Um, Kevin Hart, you know, even like with, prime example with Kevin Hart, um, tweets he made before he was famous. You know what I'm saying? Things he posted before he was famous or known to the world, um, just his opinions and feelings, you know, were brought back up years later it almost cost him his career, you know? So I definitely feel that that is kind of childish. And I definitely feel that um, I, I, I don't, I just don't feel that people need to be condemned for especially past things you know what I'm saying I don't think that should even be held relevant like I wasn't even famous but now that I'm famous you want to bring it up and hold it against me or make an issue or try to cost me my job if I don't make this big elaborate apology or you can't even just say what you want to say, you know. Um, I definitely feel like we are moving into more and more restricted times and being restricted. And I always argued the fact that freedom of speech is not really freedom of speech. You know what I'm saying? You can say what you want, but you can't say what you want. Because I can't... As much as I want to say I have freedom of speech, I can't walk up into a cop or I can't be in a cop's presence and be like, oh, F-pigs or da-da-da-da-da, you know what I'm saying? I could get arrested. I can get arrested. So our amendments in general are like walking the plank, you know? It's like a very thin, thin, invisible caution tape that you really don't have the freedom and the rights that our constitution says we have. And we have these uh, freedoms and rights and restrictions, you know what I mean? There's 
restrictions to it. There, like I said, there's this invisible caution yellow tape to where we can't, uh, you know, really be free citizens. You know, America's supposed to be the land of the free. You know, and in actuality, you're not really free. And the only people that are really free is the 1%. And the 1% are not the people who suffer for anything. They're not suffering through the pandemic. Um, They just came out with a list of, like, new billionaires. Like, new billionaires that have become billionaires during the pandemic. Like... That is crazy. And you got the nerve to block a $2,000 stimulus check. And you got the nerve to give people $600. And you got the nerve to shut down everybody's unemployment right now because you're trying to figure out this whole fraud thing. Like... It's just, it's just so, America, United States, California is a joke, you know, it's a joke, it's been, it's being run like a freaking circus, it's being run like a a business with no concern for the people, we the people. And I just, I don't know, it's just like a real oxy, oxymoron type of thing. But yeah, the fact that baby girl suffered suspension just for uh, being a teenager, you know, not happy about her placement or not happy about making the varsity team, not happy about, you know, the position she got on the team and you know just it's just really just shows the times that we're living in even with um being in broadcasting with being in radio with being in journalism you know there's a censorship you know what I mean you it's our job to bring people facts to bring people the truth to bring people the news to let people know what's going on but at the same time you are censored you know you have to try to come up with creative ways um to slip through the matrix and still say your truth and still give people truth and give people real news real important information without it's kind of like you got to learn how to not rub folks the wrong way but still get truth out there you know still get the information out there still do your job as a journalist um being honest and following moral and ethic codes of journalism, you know, and uh, not falsifying, not lying, not over-exaggerating, but just giving hardcore facts and truth, 
but still making sure that you stay in that covenant of where you're not rubbing certain rubbing people the wrong way or certain uh governments or politicians or things like that the wrong way but you're still speaking the truth you know so it's just like it's just it's just a censorship just all around you know um but moving on you know high school school uh two men parachute leap from a hotel roof in nashville i really feel like people um just don't know what to do like you know they're just bored in the house um speaking of our political stuff you know it is supposed to be said that biden is supposed to be uh, you know coming into inauguration and so right now president-elect joe biden's inaugural committee on sunday announced that there will be a virtual parade after the swearing-in ceremony on Inauguration Day as part of efforts to keep crowds to a minimum amid the coronavirus pandemic. The televised virtual parade will feature performances in communities across the country, the committee said in a new release statement. Much like virtual program at the Democratic National Convention, which was forced to go online over the summer in efforts to keep the virus from spreading, uh, the parade will celebrate America's heroes, highlight Americans from all walks of life in different states and regions, and reflect on diversity, heritage, and resilience of the country as we begin a new American era. So they say. Um, they're supposed to be announcing the participants in the coming week. The inauguration is supposed to be on January 20th. Um, it has been said earlier this month that Biden and Harris will take their oaths of office at the U.S. Capitol in Washington during a significantly scaled down ceremony that will feature um, strength and health and safety protocols. So that probably just means like if you don't need to be there, you ain't going to be there or it won't be probably um, as big or as elaborate as a, a lot of the other swearing-ins have been um, a long-standing military tradition that reflects the peaceful transfer of power to a new commander-in-chief, during which President-elect, hosted by the commander of Joint Task Force and National Capital Region, will review the readiness of military troops. Every branch of the military will be represented in this event. Also, participate social distancing. There will be vigorous health and safety protocols in place. So, I guess, you know, um, he's still going to receive the presidential. They're trying to, so I guess they're going to let people be there, but they're trying to limit the crowd and the amount of people there. So, he'll still have his presidential escort like we've seen all the presidents have from 15th street in washington dc to the white house um you know just providing the historical images of the president 
and all that, which without attracting large crowds, which I mean, I don't really know how they're going to do that, but we'll see because, you know, people, they want to be nosy, then they're going to be nosy and uh, do what they're going to do. So we'll see how that goes between the 19th and the 20th because I believe they're doing like another little ceremony for on the 19th that's gonna honor like all the lives that have been lost during COVID so we'll see um how that works you know um says U.S. Surgeon General contradicts Trump on COVID-19 death toll. At this point, to be honest with you, until a mortician or something comes out and it's just like, uh, hey, I'm swamped. You know, I just don't feel like I believe the the death toll all like that you know what I'm saying I just it just doesn't make sense to me there's a lot of information that just is not making sense and um U.S. Surgeon General Dr. Jerome Adams said that he had no reason to doubt the U.S. Center of Disease Control and Prevention's COVID-19 death toll death toll um contradicting what trump was saying that the numbers are exaggerated um what he is saying what dr jerome is saying is that what he's saying is that it's not about just about the death tolls it's about um hospitalization and the capacity um the cases are having an impact in an area ways um people understand the finish line there's a finish line in sight but we've got to keep running toward it i just you know it's too much inconsistency for me um, Trump earlier Trump claimed on Twitter, you know, on Sunday that the number of cases and deaths of the China virus is far exaggerated. The fact that he still calls the China virus is just oh, he's so funny. Um, he's saying that exaggerated because CDC ridiculous method of determining um, determination, you know, how they're basically coming up with uh these numbers and their statistics um saying basically compared to other countries which report purposely very inaccurately and low i mean and honestly like i said if you guys watched the ball drop uh with new york on new year's eve and how they just went around the world showing like how other people are celebrating that kind of makes what trump saying true you know what i'm saying um it's very i had this conversation today with someone at work where she was saying that 
because like China and certain other countries um, had like these very dictative, very strict rules, meaning like, you know, I know for sure, like if in Africa and certain parts of China and other Asian countries, is that like, if you, oh, excuse me. Ah, I hate when that happens. Sorry. Crept in on me. Um, like, basically, if you came out past curfew, if you broke the laws and rules and regulations they had in place, um, you know, when this first kicked off back in March, like, it was strenuous consequences. You know, you went to jail. Um, in some videos in certain Asian countries and certain parts of Africa, folks was getting beat. You know what I mean? So I'm not saying that America needs to go to that extent. You know what I mean? Um, But if that is why places like in Australia, because I've seen videos of people like in Nashville they still going to steakhouses. Miami and Atlanta ain't never been on lockdown, if you ask me. Um, you know, you just see other places and how they're navigating. And, like, they haven't, in other cities and other countries, they just haven't shut down. Nor are they seeing a surge in their numbers or deaths. It just kind of makes you wonder, like, what... San Francisco is doing uh, what certain parts of California and um, the world and United States is doing is just like first of all is that even helping which financially and economically wise no it's not helping Um, secondly If you don't, how do I want to put this? Okay, so like they said, okay, it came from China or whatever. It caused the China virus, blase, blase. But if where it came from is no longer having cases, cases are down. They're not suffering like California, because right now California's public enemy number one for this virus. Other states are not suffering like California like that haven't been on lockdown or their lockdown hasn't been strenuous. It just makes you wonder about the information you're getting, especially pertaining to California, San Francisco. And it makes you wonder, like, is this a part of something else? Is there another plan behind it? Because... It's just not adding up. It's just not making any freaking sense. The numbers, the death tolls, the statistics, especially with California, San Francisco, you know, it's just, it's just not, information is just not adding up. It's just not adding up. And... If you don't have a way of tracking how it's coming in, 
where it's coming in from, especially why is it so bad in California, um, and why is it rising in San Francisco and in Los Angeles. But you have all these other places, you know, I didn't see people going to Cabo. I didn't see people going to Puerto Rico. And I Googled price tickets leaving from San Francisco to Puerto Rico. It's only $370 round trip. So the tickets are definitely uh, cheap. So I understand why people are traveling and flying out. But a lot of, you know, Atlanta, Nashville, a lot of these China, certain, you know, countries and certain places in China, certain Asian countries, a lot of these places are not experiencing and going through a high surge or we're not seeing a high number of surge. But for some reason, California and the Bay Area is just, you know, the death center it's, it's just not it doesn't add up you know what i'm saying it just doesn't make sense and i feel like you know before they decided to shut things down again before they decided to cripple our economy like i said san francisco's bread and butter has stopped because you have staples you have businesses that were staples in this city for so long where tourist sites you know restaurants and things that have been here for years decades um all our tourist spots you know summertime springtime even christmas time you know that's money for the bay area Uh, that's money for these, for these restaurants, you know, um, mom and pops businesses that have been here for years, you know, have been thriving and fine for years, for decades, you know, are out of business and having to shut down and are basically might not never reopen again. You know what I'm saying? Um, this year you know, San Francisco is going to take a big financial toll, you know, um, from housing on down, you know what I mean? So it's just like, you know, before you put your, your city, uh, your state and people in such a big financial rut and, an indefinite lockdown like that that crap sounds like new world order i don't i don't care if you guys are saying you know it's oh you're sounding like a spirit whatever look up new world order look up um it's the georgia something but yeah i'm not gonna get into deep into that because but this all this crap falls under it you know what i'm saying and to have no guidance to just think, oh, we gonna shut down everything else, but we gonna leave retails open. Like, it, like it just doesn't make sense. Like the things that they choose to leave open and stuff like that. It's just like, you guys, it's just money. It's just money. It's about money, and you don't care about 
the little people, us, you know what I mean? Um, and how this is affecting people. So it's just like a lot of information is just not clicking to me, you know, when it comes to this whole pandemic thing, you know what I mean? So I just, you know, I don't know, y'all. I really don't know. Um, I just, yeah, that's all I can say. It's like, I just, I just don't know. I just don't know. But before I do close out on my little ramblings of today, I did want to tell you about seven meal delivery services that will keep you eating well. Like, I've seen these, you know, uh, being advertised, especially, you know, a lot on the TV. And I know a lot of people like to meal prep, you know. I know meal prepping is such like a big thing and saving money, especially when it comes to food, you know, is is like a big thing right now. So HelloFresh is one of them. And I see this come to my job all the time. Like I said, I work in apartment complex buildings, you know, um, where it's like condos and townhouses and apartments. It's just like wealthy people. Rent starting out for like a 2000 or something, bougie, whatever. But really nice, though. Really nice, really techy, really up to date. But um, I see that come in all the time. HelloFresh. Um, and it's basically like these. It, it can be keto diet friendly, um, vegetarian friendly, meat friendly. You know, it can really um, put it around like your your dieting or how you're trying to eat if you're trying to eat better if you're just trying to simply meal prep if you just don't like to cook and you just need something like simple as one two three I personally got me an air fryer and I love it I love it I love it it's the best thing I could have ever done hungry root is also another one um it helps you stack it gets you kind of like you know little like no meat no gluten pasta lover and more um it lets you have like a bunch of little groceries um different little recipes you know it's it this one's a little different from um the first one i mentioned which is i think it was like fresh yeah hello fresh um this one kind of like you cook the food you know what i mean and it just gives you the ingredients which is but it's done in like 10 minutes or less you know what i mean and they're good so you know like tomato black bean enchiladas 
better turkey burgers, you know what I'm saying? Just kind of quick and sn- they got like a lot of snacks. You could choose a meal plan for one or two, three people, um, two or four servings per recipe. You know, you can skip, you know. Also, another one I see a lot of people use a lot is Freshly. Um, this is for like, you know, the single bachelor person or just, you know, just you, you know what I'm saying? Maybe you and another and, you know, you don't really love to cook and you want some microwavable meals that can be ready in three to four minutes, but also good and healthy and keeps various diets in in mind. You know what I mean? You can choose from vegetarian, gluten-free, low-carb, high-protein, or soy, you know, soy-free options and more. You know what I'm saying? So it's nothing frozen or anything like that. Um, if you And if you don't like whatever you receive, if you don't eat it all that week, you just put it in a refri- in the freezer, you know, and it'll be ready and good to go. Another one I see people use is the Green Chef. This one is definitely the healthiest, you know, sort of like that healthy, healthy eater, you know what I mean? A lot of keto, uh, balanced living, plant-powered, you know what I'm saying? Um, farm fresh to you, that gets you like a lot of organics it's for organic people that love organic you know you get small mixed fruit veggie boxes you know just all your great healthy veggies uh every plate every plate is like hello fresh you know it's just meals you whip up really quick and it's on a budget you know beginner cooker on a budget six steps or more simple recipes you know what i mean doesn't take too much of your time and it focuses on keeping the prices low, $3.99 per meal, plus $8.99 for shipping. So you can't you can't beat that, you know. Um also you have Home Chef, which is kind of like the previous ones, you know. Or if you want to be a little bit more gourmet, you know what I mean? Um $19.95 per serving, which is not bad, you, you know, but it's like bistro filet and triple fritties you know like you know you're making that bougie stuff most dinner meals are 9.95 per serving uh five minute lunch is 79 7.99 so not too bad you know what i'm saying and you get to make like gourmet meals in your crib so it's cool also the last one is purple carrot Purple carrot is vegan or plant-based, so that just says it all. You know, basically, a lot of times people are going vegan. Um, They don't know where to start going vegan or they're doing plant-based or, you know, they don't really, like, know where to start with that because it's not the easiest thing to do. So that's kind of like, you know, a resource that you can use quick and easy high protein gluten free you can customize um two serving two serving plan starts at $71.94 per week each serving is $11.99 four serving plans start at $79 each serving is $9.99 but you know this is per week you can add breakfast on there 
comes in two serving portions snacks start at $3.99 so it's cool pretty cool you know so if you guys get a chance check those out if you're trying to look for easy convenient um ways to cook you're not really a big cooker you're a beginner cooker or you're new to vegan life you know or whatever it may be check out those recommendations and i enjoy you guys vibing and showing me on another episode of life in the mix keeping you in the mix with Susie p and like i said thanks for bearing with me and i pray you stay along this journey and watch me grow in podcast and you know just see my growth and see my development you know maybe i'll start having guests and on here and things like that so just stay tuned stay kicking and rocking with your girl keeping you in the mix 24 life in the mix with your girl Susie p peace and blessings